Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon, Cole J.T. Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Nathan Rudolph. As always, joining me is AJ Hayfley. It's the late August episodes now. We do have a little bit of news, though, uh, not directly related to the Avs, but maybe how you watch them if you're in the local area, at least. Altitude, it sounds like, is currently in negotiations with Comcast, Dish, and I think at least one other provider. Direct TV. Direct TV. There we go. That's they may be getting dropped or at least certainly not working with the current offer on the table. So it's a bit of an interesting situation as to how you may be getting your abs content in the future. AJ, I, I know you've been talking about this on Twitter and and I assume that a deal will get done here with actual TV providers, but it, it's certainly yeah. an interesting thing to think about that that streaming is likely the future way to go here uh it is but i don't think it's there yet yeah you know they're still think think of think about your parents you know and i know my mom although she doesn't live in this area uh she still has she still has the tv service you know she still pays for her cable service yep there's there's way more of those people than us right now yeah no doubt people who have always known you know tv and have not switched over to the streaming world and you know i own a television and i actually can't tell you with any certainty that my television has been on in the last year (laughs) because i just use my pc for everything and i run you know I, i hook up my switch to my computer or to my monitor uh multiple monitors like it's a modern day setup, you know, it's, it's how a lot of people, I, I imagine your setup is very, very similar. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's how a lot of us have grown up and survive and, and function when it comes to these things is that finding streams online and doing it that way is what we do. Most of us would be happy to pay for a service if we can, uh, but I'm not going to go out and pay, you know, X number of dollars for, uh, 
a, a cable company to do this. Uh, I do think it's really weird that the Altitude uh, TV account and all of the team accounts, the Avs Twitter account now, is trying to get the fans to basically do the dirty work for them. Like Altitude TV is in some like somehow like the big victim here. Uh, look, these these are big companies that are in the business of making money. Yep, and they're trying to get the best deal that they can for their company in order to turn profits and to cash fat checks. That's what they're in the business of doing. That's all good and well, uh, but the world is changing, and really, the streaming services are the future. They're definitely the future, but. I don't know that we're there yet. Um, TV deals are still bringing in an insane amount of money. Look at just just look at how TV deals have changed the landscape of of baseball. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just because a bunch of those TV deals got done, and oh look, that's a that's an extra like the Dodgers make like two hundred million dollars a year because of their TV deal. It, it's. You go into football and other things, ESPN is bleeding money, and they're spending a billion dollars a year to host, what, 17 football games? Yeah, something like that. So it's it's an <laughs> unbelievably lucrative field right now, and I think certainly the telecom companies realize that there is a limited time frame here, and, and they are trying to get every dollar they can out of it before streaming becomes the new reality. Yeah, it's... It's getting there, um, like MLB, and again, to go back to baseball, yeah. uh, hosts uh, MLB Game of the Week on YouTube every every week now. Yep. Um, and really, it's it's getting to the point where it's almost every day at the end of the season. They've got a ton of games scheduled. Um, you know, I've watched two Rockies games in the last week just on YouTube. Yeah. That's the future, man. It That's really the is. future. It's not... You can see... There are already plenty of minor leagues that already do this. You and I both play, both pay probably more money than we should to watch things like the AHL and Canadian Juniors. Well, and the AHL got reasonable. You yeah. know, the AHL they Live used to be like 250 bucks. Finally got away from Newellian, but... It's... And, yeah, and, and the Canadian, the CHL uh, is still there. Right. For another year or two, and each of those services is like $200 per league. Right. It's a ton of money, but yeah. And you look at that, and I could actually see why that does scare some people off because sometimes the quality of of things isn't great. Yeah. But that's not from the streaming side of things. That's just these are junior hockey teams and they have what they have to work with. You could bring what the Avalanche broadcast is or the Nuggets broadcast or any other professional major league team to the streaming platform and have at least, if not better quality of of service. And, and they'd have to invest in it though. I mean, you've got to, you've got to build it. You know, they started last year. Everybody was excited. Altitude now, um, is that, I think that's what it was called. Yeah. I, was I've was there it. like streaming service, but you already had to have a cable login. To yeah. Leave. So you had to, it, it, it wasn't anything different other than you could watch it like on your phone if you were out and you were already paying for the service and Hey, that's a good step forward. It is like that. That was a nice, except it didn't work. It worked by the end of the year, but like, yeah, the first two months of its launch was pretty, dicey <laughs> yeah everybody that i know that was trying to use it was like oh i i gave up on it because it just never worked it was it was total garbage 
But, I mean, you do expect a new service to be that way. It's going to yeah. take time for them to figure it out and to, and to smooth out those rough edges there. And, you know, they, they need that's, – that's why I'm saying, like, they can't just, like, scrap this and be like, no, well, for, for streaming. Right. It wouldn't be good. Like, it would not be good right now. There's an infrastructure that you have to build there. Otherwise, you end up like WoW Classic and every server is full on 30 minutes after launch so <laughs> i that blows my mind like yeah. there were a million people on twitch watching like streaming and watching yep wow classic streams and it was just people standing in line right just straight you up might as well have had an irl stream of you standing outside of popeyes waiting for a chicken sandwich <laughs> it was the same thing dude it yeah, it's I mean it's it's really crazy to me that things like that happen in the online you know, realm. I went to I went to Popeye's the other day and not for a chicken sandwich. Um I just wanted some popcorn shrimp and they were straight sold out of chicken. And I was Popeyes like was sold out of chicken. And they so they had all these signs all over the place and they were like, sorry, we're out of chicken. I was what? like your Popeyes. Yeah, what can you buy at Popeyes that doesn't have chicken? Yeah, it's like it's like the popcorn shrimp, which is what I was there for, so Yahtzee. And there's like maybe one or two other things, and then a bunch of sides. <laughs> it was insane. There were signs all over the place, and there was and I was in like a nine car line. Yeah, because a bunch and I of was people just were like, waiting for chicken that didn't exist. Right, because all these people wanted chicken sandwiches. Which, hey, not only was that sold out, but no chicken strips, no like chicken dunkers, no, no, just chicken. That was, it was insane, man. It was crazy. I'll tell you your problem there. What you should have done is gone to Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they also just released Strawberry Sky, which is a relatively new beer that many of you guys already love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a lighthearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you who don't know what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer for that matter. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We have all of our events planned on there, and we will be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So please RSVP and come out and have a good time with us. All right. So the streaming side of things is certainly a bit interesting. It's certainly a world that you and I are very familiar with. But at the end of the day, when do you see that actually being a reality? Right now... I'm not. I don't know the actual rules, but I believe the NHL, the league, holds the rights to streaming all of the games, not the teams. So I'm not sure that's something they can even do yet. Yeah, I mean, not being like a media rights expert, this this is right. we're yeah. we're kind of wading into uh, beyond our depth here a little bit, <laughs> definitely. And i'm not I'm not sure when that'll happen. I mean, we say it's the future, but is it two years? Is it ten years? Right. They could be either. <laughs> so 
I'm I don't I don't know, man. I I don't know when I would love it. I'm mean, obviously the sooner the better. Yeah, of course. And what I will say is the model has been proven to work. People are worried about that fans won't come to games at that point, but that's just simply not true. If you look at esports and and things that broadcast their major events through streaming, they sell out pretty much everything beyond the stream. So they still get plenty of attendance as well. Well, and, and again, I hate to do this again, but look at baseball. <laughs> Big like, baseball's on the cutting edge, I guess. <laughs> baseball's baseball's like you go to a baseball game and there are plenty of stadiums around uh the the MLB that are not selling out, that, that are not at capacity, that are not at 95% or above, and they're still turning plenty of profit because TV deals are still rolling in the cash. And that's, I think that's the new reality for going to baseball games is that 25,000 people are going to go and you're going to make a ton of money because people will watch online and on, on TV and wherever they're going to watch. And baseball does a good job of providing different options. Yep. It, instead of worrying about the overlap of, of how they're getting fans, they're spreading out and getting fans that they weren't reaching before. Right. Well, and they know they've had they they've had a problem getting yeah, absolutely. You know, there there's a huge problem in baseball about hey, this used to be America's pastime. This was the sport of the United States, and that's no that's no longer the case, and it hasn't been the case really for most of my life. I would say uh, yeah, it's, pretty it's much. football has taken over, and now I think we're starting to see some of the cracks in in football. You know, Andrew Luck and all that. I think those things are going to start happening more and more often. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, now I'm wondering, hey, look out for the NBA. Yep. But it's the NHL. The NHL needs to do a better job of marketing itself and getting itself in front of fans. You know, they've got a they've got their national broadcast TV deals coming up soon. ESPN is going to make a big play for those rights. Mm -hmm. And I'd be willing to bet you that they're going to get they're going to get snooty about how NBC was there for them during the dark days. Right. And instead of just being like uh, ESPN would help us a ton and put us in front of a bunch of fans and, and ultimately I think be the best thing for the sport. It's going to stick with the, the niche like NBC sports app. Ugh. Right. And right. Exactly. Ugh. <laughs> and, it's it's just it's not it's not necessarily the best thing you want what you want to do to grow grow your sport especially in an era of multiple expansions i mean there there are now more nhl teams than nba or mlb right that's insane to me that's it insane really to me crazy. given yeah. the revenues of each league and how far behind hockey is hockey needs to get in front of people it needs to get in front of people and it needs to modernize the way uh, that it does that and we're seeing this old school approach here where altitude is like, we're, we're trying to make a deal with these guys. Ultimately it probably gets done and it won't be a big deal. But, but as you said, hockey has always been for my entire life, the by far the smallest of the big four. There was back when I was a kid, the, the phrase everyone threw around was that more people watch women's golf than they do hockey. And that's not a knock against women's golf. It's just the fact that not that many people watch it. 
And hockey just has not done a great job of marketing itself out to the general public from big major channels. They have to manage things like the NBC Sports app. Their NBCSN, they get a couple of games a week broadcast nationally instead of football, which every game is. Baseball and basketball get a significant number of games that cover a wider audience. And well, you know where to find those that. games. Right, exactly. You know, the, the abs were in the postseason last year. My mom's down in, in Texas. And she's texting me before every game. She's like, what channel is this game on? Right. People don't know. And it's like that that right there. I should just forward that to Gary Bettman and be like, this is your problem, bro. Yeah. People just don't know where to find your product. People are trying to care. Like my mom is trying to watch an Avs game and get back into hockey. And, you know, my mom was like, she puts up with sports, like not a big sports fan. Right. right? Yeah. But when Colorado teams do well, she tunes in. And, you know, I don't – that's as much so that she – her and I can have conversations and, you know, she can feel like we're talking about this and she knows what's going on as anything else. But the fact is is that she tunes in. Like, my mom's not going to watch a, a February game in, you know, between Colorado and Nashville, but she'll tune into the postseason and that stuff is still buried. Right, it's – you don't grow the sport because people just wake up one day and decide they want to be hardcore fans. You're going to get those people anyway. You grow How the amazing sport. would that be? All right, I'm a hockey fan now. <laughs> Tell me everything about hockey immediately. Like, give me all of the information right, right now. Right, but most people learn to love a sport by starting as a casual fan and getting access to it and the more they watch the more they like it and it builds it's it's an overtime thing and if you can't even get to step one of having them watch the game that's a big problem it it is i mean you can... <laughs> yeah this whole I... thing this whole thing circles back around to hockey in general needs to modernize its approach towards putting itself in front of fans it does. Uh, this 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 is a small drop in the bucket, you know. This we again not media rights experts here, uh, so don't totally know all the ins and outs of all of this. Uh, but one weird move to try and get the fan base to do the dirty work and act like the victim. Altitude TV doing that today. Uh, let's be honest; these are businesses. Everybody's trying to make a profit. There's no good guy here. Um, it's just everybody out for themselves, and the people that end up. It caught in the middle is us, the people trying to consume the product. Right. And second, I mean, why are we sitting around talking about cable packages? <laughs> it's 2019, man. Can we seriously like I get everything that I pretty much want uh, through through streaming services. Live sports is like the last bastion. Yeah, absolutely. It Cable, this is why cable needs live sports so aggressively is because yeah. without it, the cancellations are just going to go through the roof. Straight up, man. But I think we'll we'll call it there for a segment one of something tangentially hockey related at best because there <laughs> is at least a tiny, tiny bit of Avs news still to come and some Avs talk from the two of us as well. Before we get to that, though, do you know what's so great about our BSN family? We now have multiple subscribers that have partnered with us to help promote their business. 
Chad with Houselift has an incredible service for you. If you or your friends are thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip-top condition, go to Houselift.com. They will show you how to maximize your profit. If your house is in need of an upgrade, Houselift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this. There are zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right. You won't pay for any of the upfront costs for the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything from the contractors to the design while managing all of these costs. Here's what you need to do. Head to their website or Facebook page. You can find both at houseliftcolorado.com and check out the incredible remodels Houselift has done for homeowners here in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from 15 to 60K more in their clients' pockets. Pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today and find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh yeah, if you hire one of Houselift's preferred realtors, they'll sell your home without charging a listing commission. Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. While there is nothing official underway, there are finally some Avalanche players on the ice at Family Sports Center I guess you can't technically call it a captain's practice because Gabe Landeskog isn't here yet, but Evan Raul Rawal, I can't say his last name. Sorry, Evan. Uh, Evan. Evan, yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, He was at the Family Sports Center today. Johnson, McKinnon, Grubauer, Nieto, Connaughton, uh, looks like Don Skoy as well, are all there practicing together and, and getting ready. So still a little bit of a ways to go before things fire up, but Seeing players on the ice is always a nice little boon, at least to me. How about you, AJ? Uh, yeah, I was going to start heading down there next week to see uh, if they were on the ice or who was on the ice. You know that there, there's always folks here Yeah. Um, in the weeks leading up to camp. But uh, it is nice to see them. Hey, they're out there. They're skating around. They're, they're getting puck touches and kind of doing their thing. And uh, given the speculation around Eric Johnson potentially not being ready for the start of camp, it's good to see him out there. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to get down there and actually talk to him. You know, not allowed to do that, but um, just it's, it's, it's with nothing to make of it really at all. It's nice that they, uh, that the EJ's out there at least. Right. You see EJ there. You see players, especially the new players like Don Skoy, that are starting to filter in as well. Because this is kind of a whole new scenario for them. They've never really practiced at FSC, things like that. Yeah, they've never never gotten their exposure to Lollipop Park. Do they actually... They come in the back entrance, right? So do they have to go through Lollipop Park? No, they they don't ever have to see Lollipop Park. Good for them. Lucky, lucky guys. Yeah, no kidding, right? But I guess the point we're trying to get to here is you're starting to see these new guys on the ice with the Avs, and we've talked about how they've improved their depth over the past offseason. And when you actually want to take a look at it position by position, you start to see not just the depth, but how many more options they have going down the list. Uh, I know the position you said this is most apparent at is, is center, which if we want to jump into that conversation, obviously you have McKinnon and Kadri as your one, too. That's very straightforward. But after that, your options really start to open up. Well, in that uh, alone, I mean, McKinnon and Kadri, that right there is better depth than McKinnon and Soderbergh. 
By a lot, yeah. Because Soderbergh was always like, well, he's their 2C because they don't have a better option. But they really, 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 really wish he was their 3C. Right. <laughs> and now they've got an actual, like, a 2-2-2-2-C that they're fine with and you feel good about. Uh, so that alone uh, is a big step forward for them. And obviously McKinnon is the man. Right. No doubt about that. It's... It's very easy to drop in that two C situation with a cadre because you know what you're getting. It's not a it's not a gamble like many of the spots in the Avs roster, at least on the second line, kind of is. But when you get into that middle six area, you see the rotations available. We've heard a lot of talk about how Jost wants to be on the second line or the Avs want to give him opportunity on the second line, but he's also talked about wanting to be a C. So if the second line isn't working, you can move him to 3C. Comfort has been very versatile for this organization basically his entire time in the NHL, whether it's playing wing in the top six or center in the bottom six or any other position as well. Yeah, that's where you see the improved depth this year is that, you know, last couple of years, there was always the idea of you know, Kerfoot could play center, Confer, Jost, all these guys could do it, but their their best fits were never really there. And this year with the solid one too, uh, and then even with Belmar coming in as like your solid four, expected to be your solid four right out the gate, you're only looking to fill the one spot. And so with Jost, uh, and you say, hey, you you can make your decision there. You can decide. Hey, Jost finished really strong uh, as a center. Uh, with Comfer on his wing at times and go from there. He's your three C or you could try to get the top six player that you thought you drafted out of him uh, and then put him as a left wing next to Kadri, uh, you know, in your top six. And then Comfer is your three C you have options there and neither one of them are, are bad options. You just feel like they're different options. And then with Belmar at four C, uh, you know, he also could play left wing if you absolutely need him to. And Kamenev could slide in and be your 4C, which is a role that we saw him starting to find a comfort level with last year. Right. And so that right there, I mean, just on your NHL roster, even, I mean, you have one injury. You don't even have to call guy up yep. with, with those guys that are available. You just shift guys around uh, because you are, you know, what, six deep? You're not feeling like you have to play a Sheldon Dries every time someone gets hurt, right? Right. Well, and then you go down into the AHL. And, hey, if you really want to run it back, Sheldon Dries is still there. He is. Uh, But you also do have uh, Shane Bowers hanging out down there. Absolutely. You know, maybe you want to, if you wanted to go the AHL veteran route like they did last year with Agazino, DJ Tynan is actually a center. So you could do that. Not right. You ideal, can deal, but if you wanted the age, if they wanted to go the AHL veteran route again, instead of giving it to some to a younger kid, they could always do that. You can say what you want about the the Marco Dano claim last year. I certainly wasn't a fan of it, no, but geez. using waivers for the Avs this season is just something that shouldn't even be on the radar because of their depth at this point. Right. And I mean, you never know. 
<laughs> Jake Gardner's still out there, man. That's true. Until until he has a job, I'm I'm not convinced that the abs are done. <laughs> well, that that would be certainly interesting to add another defenseman to the pool. Yeah. That I guess I mean Jake Gardner is playing if you sign him. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, you're not playing Kevin Cotton over him. Right. So <laughs> I would at least give a little bit of clarity, maybe. Well, and then, I mean, at that point, you don't even mess around with Bowman Byram. Yeah. If you just say, go get better in the WHL and yeah. come back ready to crush. Yeah. Would make things simpler, certainly, but I'm not sure if that's really in the cards or not at this point. To be honest, I don't even know what's going on with Jake Gardner. Have you heard any rumors at all? Or Yeah, there's things here and there. As, as we're starting to get closer, it's, you know, you're starting to hear, you know, Mike Russo had obviously put out that tweet that said he had a handshake agreement with somebody. Yeah. Um, there's been more and more talk that he's waiting on the Leafs to figure out their situation uh, to maybe sign there. Uh, he's, to be honest with you, he's been connected with the Avs all summer. Yep. Um, so that's why I say until he's signed, just because the Avs did talk to him. Uh, they checked in with them. Um, they they might be a great situation for him if he wanted to go on a on a one or two year deal uh, for him to go and and not have to play. He does not have to roll in and be the man, um, but he could come in and kind of kind of give them a, a an interesting dynamic. Um, obviously, for one year, I think it would make a lot more sense than two. <clears throat> if he wanted to try again next summer to get like a big long-term deal right. from somebody, you know, because he finished up poorly in the postseason, and there's questions about, you know, the, his back and it just, it, his market hasn't really materialized in the way that you would have expected for one of the top D in free agency. So at that point you're, you're talking about maybe, uh, you know, Maybe, maybe for a one-year deal. Um, sure. We, you and I have talked about it before that it could make sense, but yeah, I mean, I had him in my be a GM fantasy way back at the start of the summer. And so. hey, you know, going into the season, you know, you move Byron back to the WHL for a year, and you have your left side be some combination of Gardner, Zadorov, and Gerard, and it's like okay, nice. <laughs> Right, like you feel pretty good about that when your right side is uh, Johnson, McCarr, and somebody. X until Cole is ready. Right, and then Cole comes back, and then you you add Cole into that mix, and you're, I mean, if your third pairing is Jake Gardner and Ian Cole. That feels uh, pretty all right. <laughs> you're, doing a, you're doing a lot better than a whole lot of teams. Right, exactly. Even if it's, I mean, even if it's like Zadorov and Cole. Like, there's no yeah. combination of those six. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, where you're like, well, that's a bad third pairing. From a a team that's only a, a couple years removed of bottom pairings that involve players like Zach Redmond or Patrick Weirkosh. Yeah, Eric Jelena. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Bodnerchuk, you know, Nate Ginnon. The, the number of guys that we could run down whose last NHL paychecks uh, were written by the abs. Right, it's and a then, lot of dudes. Right, and then you're talking about this conversation, you know, where it's it's just different. Yeah, 
I think we'll, we might jump into that defensive conversation a little bit in the next segment. Before we get there, though, if you're one of those people that can't make it out to Breckenridge Brewery, well, you can always order it with another one of our sponsors in Total Beverage. Because Total Beverage has a great offer for you right now. They're offering 30, that's right, 30% off of an order for the BSN family. off a purchase of $25 or more if you use code BSN2019. You can go online or to the Total Beverage app on your phone, which you can download today. And as you may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder and from Aurora to Brighton. And they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off a purchase of $25 or more. And better yet, you don't even have to leave the comfort of your home and get it delivered. Cheers. A third and final segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout, and you can be in and out in minutes. And you can use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right, we've talked about the centers, but there's still a whole lot more to the abs than just centers. The only position that I would say maybe there's a little bit more of a question mark in depth is goaltending. Obviously, losing Varley Hurts, you're now running a tandem of Grubauer and Francis. That may prove to be quality depth, but we're just not sure on that front yet. Yeah, there's no way to say with any confidence that they'll be good. Like, right. you could be confident that they will be good, but you're projecting. You're It's a hope and a prayer. Sure. And as we alluded to at the end of the last segments, a way that you can certainly help them out is through that defensive depth that we now have. We talked about the bottom pairing being potentially a Gardner and Zadorov, even if you go out and get Jake Gardner. But even if it's not, you have veterans in the likes of Kevin Connaughton or possibly a Mark Barbario. And honestly, the Avs defense could get pretty decimated by injuries and you're still getting a similar caliber of player up and into the lineup on most nights. Yeah, with Barbario and Connaughton, you're talking about fringe NHL guys. Uh, with, True. You know, and then I guess you, I, I would throw Ryan Graves in there as a fringe NHL guy as well. I'd say that's uh, fair. And then, then you have the two unknowns in Bowen Byram and Callie Rosen. You know, Byram, yep. will he or won't he stick this year? We'll see. Um, but one year away for him. And then Callie Rosen, they get him in the Big Barry deal. 25 years old, left-handed defenseman that has lots of experience playing on the right side. All situations player for the Marlies. Very easy to sell yourself on him fitting into Colorado's defense, especially him being uh, as good a skater as he is. It just fits their identity really nicely. Certainly, it's... I think that's the the point to make here is the Avs went out and grabbed a fistful of maybes, and you could make the argument that they maybe grabbed a few too mm-hmm. many, but at the end of the day, the hope is that one of them at least works out, and then that's the one that steps up into the roster spot, and you could even bring this conversation into someone like Connor yeah. Timmons. If he 
just starts tearing things up immediately this year, the NHL is a very real. If he shows himself to be healthy, that you cannot underestimate how much the organization loves him. It's very easy yeah. to say logically and say, "Oh, well, you know, he hasn't played competitively in you know a year and a half. Put him in the AHL for the start of the season, and then." see how he does, whatever, whatever. If he thoroughly is outplaying people in, in training camp, and obviously that would be a, a like a by far a best-case scenario. He's healthy, he's missed no beats, and he comes out and he looks awesome. Then, hey, maybe you just pull the trigger and you drop him on your NHL roster because you say, look, the best guys won. That's not how the yep. abs have gone about training camp in previous years. Um, they, they have not been a very much uh, at the bottom of their roster. They have not been, they've not done a lot of best, best player, you know, guy who played the best, uh, got the job, but more of a guy who fits the role that we have in mind the best, uh, at least in their eyes. And however you feel about the, that approach is how you feel, you know, it's, it is what it is. Certainly. Uh, you yeah. can make arguments for and against it. And I'd hear them both there, there, there are. Good arguments on both sides of that one, um, but the but the abs have been very used camp to kind of sort it out, uh, and you can't can't count out a guy like Connor Timmons or even a, a guy like Nick Malosh from coming out into camp and saying, "Hey, I'm I'm playing really really good hockey right now. Keep me off this roster. Like I dare you to take me off this roster for somebody that I just outplayed." It, it's it's certainly possible. Those are the types of, of battles and performances you want to look for in camp. It's there's those are the players that I'm more interested in. The Timminses, the Malashes, the mm-hmm. Rosens, because they're the opportunity of something more yeah. there. Kevin Connaughton rolls into camp. Mark Barbario rolls into camp. You know what that's right. going to be. It's a baseline and. Those other players that it's like, look, maybe this is all you are. Maybe there's something more there. You, maybe you can show up and outplay this baseline. That's the whole point. It It is. Like, with Connaughton and Barbario, there's comfort in the ceiling, but usually that's not what we're talking about. It's comfort in the floor. You know yeah. what this guy is at his worst, and you can manage it. You can work your way around it, and if you get it, then – you put the other guy in. If they keep them both and it's either or every night, you know, Barbario plays poorly, you put Connaughton in the other the next night. And then if Connaughton plays poorly, you put Barbario back in. And you just kind of keep working your way around that one spot in that way. Uh, if both guys yep. continue to play poorly, then you look at other options. But the the comfort with the floor is how NHL teams operate. They're they're the known quantity, you know, the devil, the devil that you know is more valuable than the devil that you don't. Because you're, you know, where it's real easy to build a line around someone's weaknesses that, and and that, you know, that you're comfortable with, you're not projecting, you know, you, it's not a young player that maybe bottoms out like Chris Begraw did, where you were just like, my goodness, what happened? You know, (laughs) and, and the guy was just awful. You know, Anton Lindholm looked good for 20 games and then totally just disappeared after that for the rest of his NHL appearances. And yep. You know, the bottom falls out of some of these young guys, and that's it's hard. It's hard. Like being an NHL player is hard. Transitioning into the NHL is difficult to do. 
And that was why Ryan Graves was such a nice revelation last year. Why he belongs in this conversation transitioned well, right? Is because he wasn't he wasn't particularly great for the Eagles. He was all right, but then he shows up in the NHL and he just does fine. Yep, he stepped into the structure, and I honestly I I don't even know if I'd call it an adjustment for him. That the way he played was an NHL style of game from the beginning. That's part of what was so surprising. We. Didn't he did not he did not have that kind of look about him in the AHL, and then he shows up in right. the NHL, and you're just like, "I that's that was really oh. weird." Yeah, this dude seems good, <laughs> but that that makes it easier for for a team to try and plan around depth because now they've got more known quantities in Connaughton, in Barbario, in Graves. Where if they do take a chance on a Byram, they do take a chance on Rosen. They know that they have one of these other guys that they're comfortable with lying in wait should the should that guy that they gave the opportunity to falter somewhere along the way. Yeah. Absolutely. I I think they're very well set on that yeah. side of of the the ice on defense. It's again it's you can make the argument we right, we've made the argument that maybe that might even be too many. And I think that's a fair argument to make. But looking over on the forward side, on the wings, I know we both dislike the Nachushkin deal a lot because of guys like Martin Kaut or AJ Greer yeah. behind him. But is that kind of the same thing going on there when you're looking at guys like a Tyson Jost possibly on the wing and Andre Burakovsky on the wing that are gigantic question marks of of how much stealing is really there? Is someone like a Nachushkin maybe a bit more reliable? Yes, he has not played well, but he has that NHL experience. Well, Nachushkin, you know, the big difference between Nachushkin and guys like Connaughton and Barbario is Nachushkin's a much bigger unknown. You know, you're talking about a guy. Maybe is still some Well, and you're there. talking about a guy with, what, 130 some odd NHL games played. Uh, yeah. You know, you're, that's not even two full seasons of games. Uh, under right. under his belt. That's right, right? He only has like 130 some odd games. Yeah, because he's never really. Oh, he's got 223. Oh, that's like a yeah. hundred more. So yeah, that's a, that's so significant. It's like two and a half seasons. So you're feeling a little bit. Uh, I feel better about it than when I started talking. <laughs> and this is this is why I double checked. <laughs> it's always a good feeling to feel better about right, it after, right. <laughs> but. You know, you've you've seen success with Barbario in your own system, uh, and that's where the appeal is there. With Connaughton, you're doing a little bit of projection, but at 29 years old, uh, you know, playing playing specific roles, he's got 300 games played. You know, you're fairly yeah. comfortable with who he is. With Nachushkin, you don't really know, just because he is coming off of such a bad season that you're worried. You're you're and in, in, on one hand, you're like, there's no way he's that bad again. There's no way he goes 50 games without scoring a single goal, especially when you're playing as many minutes as he was. If you're playing six minutes a night, it's like, okay, I can see where bad luck strikes and that's, that's the world you live in. But when you're playing, you know, 13 minutes a night, 10, 11, 12, and, yeah. you know, the, on one hand, you're that's, that's what, that's what you're saying. You're like, there's no way he goes scoreless again. You know, even just 10 assists in 57 games played is stupid. There's no way that happens again. But right. 
it did happen. It was something that did happen. And he has not been overly productive uh, in, in other stints elsewhere in a couple of years. You know, you're not you're not feeling great. It's not like he destroyed every league that he's played in. He's been so good internationally that, you know, it's like he it's just whatever reason, this is the only level it's not clicking. It's not really clicking for him in a lot of places the last few years. Not at not at the level that you would have expected from him. And had he not been a tenth overall pick, you'd be looking at his stat line like Why? This yeah, is like, gross. Why? Yeah. Well, what's, what are we doing here? But you know, if you don't if you truly don't feel like AJ Greer can help you and and Martin Cout isn't ready and you need that extra body there, I mean you already have, you know, we tell, we just talked about the defense and how stacked it is. Uh, and that's why we've expected them to keep 8D all all summer. But now that they've got 14 forwards, and that's assuming Ranton and Science before training camp, which, again, I think is a fair assumption. Uh, you know, the, the wing depth got a lot better. It did. Uh, Burakovsky and Donskoy bringing Wilson back and having uh, Belmar that can do a little bit of both. Uh, having Jost and Comfort that can do both, adding Nachushkin into that mix. Uh, you don't ever have to dip into the AHL pool until you have suffered multiple injuries or multiple bouts right. of extreme ineffectiveness, whichever, whichever right, may right. crop up. And maybe the answer is neither of them, and these are the 14 forwards that they make hay with all year long. It's the wing side of things kind of seems like the opposite of the defense, the defense. It's there seems to be an opportunity for the guys that are unknown upside types like a Byram or a Timmons or a Rosen with the wings. A lot of the baseline guys like a Calvert, a Nieto, even a Colin Wilson already seem to have earned the spots on the roster. So it's a bit harder to climb over a guy in that it, it certainly is. Uh, but then, and, and, and then, well, and then you do have, I mean, you're talking about, Oh, Valerie Nechushkin's got pedigree. You know, Martin Kaut was a first round pick a year ago, not six years yep. ago, a year ago. Only pick six spots behind the top. So, 10. You know? Yeah. And it wasn't like he was a 29th pick where it was like, Oh, he was the last pick of the first round or whatever, you know, like with the Shane Bowers, you're like, Oh, he was, he was at the very end of the first, you know, like you're, you know, Bowers was picked closer to where Timmons was picked than he was to where Cout was picked. So, you know, you're okay. Um, point being, Cout has the same kind of pedigree that Nachushkin has, except hasn't blown as nearly as many opportunities, has not dropped years worth of chances to win, to win jobs and secure to secure a spot long term in the NHL, um, and that's that's an appeal of Martin Cout. You know, okay, why are we going to continue to give this guy his you know what his fifth NHL season now his fifth NHL shot? Like, why why would we do that? Versus, we haven't even given this guy one chance yet, and this is a guy that we drafted and we spent all of last year developing. Let's give him a whirl. So and but. Yeah. The, the reality is, is that it's not either or they've got both. So that, that makes them okay. Well, now they're 15 deep, you know, and, and then you do look at Shane Bowers. Now they're 16 deep. Logan O'Connor and AJ Greer were 40 point guys last year uh, in the AHL. All right. Now, now they're 16, 17 deep. 
And this just keeps on going uh, because they did add Nachushkin in there who was just one more body for them to have to contend with. That's one more guy that right. they that all these kids have to win a job from and then deal with where the fallout of if he does go to the AHL, where does he fit in? You know, you've got to you've got to figure all that out. Right. The the hope is with more bodies the decisions have to be a bit more aggressive about about moving players around and granting opportunities. But that's not something the Avs have been quick to do in the past. It's not at all. That's right. I mean that that's so. not been their MO. They they picked their guys in training camp under Bedner. Uh, they've they've picked their guys and that's their guys, right? And they do everything in their power to keep that together as long as possible. But we'll see. I, final thoughts on on the Avs depth situation leading into this great season. About it, uh, of, of all the you know the the questions that I have about the upside and the second line and. Jost and Comfer and Burakovsky and Donskoy and can these guys can any of these guys have uh, a season even akin to what Kerfoot was putting up the, you know with back to back forty point years? Can any of these guys get to that level? Uh, I'm I'm confident that they've got three bottom lines worth of guys that can get to at least twenty five points, twenty five to thirty, <laughs> and that's except Belmar, and that's where I'm feeling good. If you were to use two words to describe the Avs' depth this year, what would they Much be? Better. Disappointing. Disappointing. I was going for game-changing. Sorry. <laughs> I tried. I tried. You tried to alley-oop, and I like threw it off the backboard. Instead of dunking yeah. it, I just or I clanged it off the back of the rim. <laughs> there you go, shot off over the yep. backboard or something. It's it's <laughs> sky but high, am... and we're all looking up, and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> well, I am still excited to tell everyone about some game changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD infused coffee has taken away long term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS even help decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. That's going to do it for this Wednesday episode. We managed to make it through another day as we inch closer to real training camp. I'm still looking forward to it. As always, thank you for listening, and you will hear from us tomorrow.